you're listening to the Unleash Your Voice podcast. This podcast is for the women who's ready to own the fuck out of who they are. Stop apologizing for their brilliance, their bodies, and their badassery. That sounds like you. You're in the right place. Hey friends, what is up? And welcome to this week's episode of the Unleash Your Voice podcast. I'm your host, Danny D. And today you guys get a solo sode. You get an episode with just me being solo. And this episode is really exciting because I'm going to talk about a topic that you guys ask me about all the time and you are always wanting to pick my brain about it. So I thought, you know what, let's put it all into a podcast so you can just easily access it and have all your questions answered. And if you have more, you're more than welcome to email me and maybe I can do an episode on follow-up cues, whatever, but we are talking about all things self-publishing. So if you did not know this already about me, I wrote a book last year. I launched it December 4th, 20, nope. Yeah. 2019. (laughs) That was last year. (laughs) Okay. This year's 2020, but it is a book called get off your ass and into your life. It's so fun and exciting because this book, and I'll talk about more about like what's in the book and how I created and all that stuff. I want to touch on something really quickly before I go into all that, but it is a choose your own adventure personal development book. So it is a book that puts you into your own life. Now that might be difficult now if you're social distancing, like the whole world is. And if you are being cautious about going out in public, because this book was meant to be a connection to everyone around you. So not only is it written in the style of imagine we go for coffee or you're at a stand-up comedy show because I'm thinking I'm hilarious and we're just chatting away about life in general, life, love, business, all of it. Um, my whole background in the arts and like what I took from that, everything like that. But also at the end of each chapter, there is a dare for you to go do in real time. So one of the dares is like rip out a page, write a love note to a stranger, put it on their windshield and just like, like hope for the best, right? Or see what happens. Or one of the dares is walk into a crowded room, yell the floor is lava and see what happens. But there's some fun ones in there that you can just do by yourself. So like take Taking yourself on a date or whatever. And the whole book was just meant to have you crack open your idea of who you need to be in this world. And instead of me telling you who you should be or me telling you who I am or me telling you how you should love your life, I'm just here to share things that have happened in my life and just experiences and open you up to seeing what you can learn from your own life. So Get Off Your Ass and Into Your Life is literally a book for you to get off your ass and back into your life, back into seeing what makes you so fucking valuable, back into falling back in love with your love life, back into falling back in love with your inspiration and your business and your work or whatever that is for you. And like learning how to really stand strong in the signature that you create in this world because each and every one of us has a unique signature of who we are that imprints on this world, that imprints into every single room that we enter and every single conversation we enter, every single relationship we enter, everything. It changes the dynamic of the spaces that we enter into, whether that be online or offline. So That book was really written for you to step into owning the F out of who you are, overcoming your fears, and not 
being afraid to be too much because it's not that you're too much. It's that it's about learning what spaces you can expand into and take up space and what spaces just don't have the capacity to hold you. And that doesn't mean they're wrong and bad. Does that mean you're wrong and bad? No. It means that you're searching for your space that is just uniquely your own. And that's more than enough. So that's a little bit about the book, which is really exciting. And I'm going to be sharing a lot about my own process of self-publishing, what that was like for me, what the whole situation was, why I went with self-publishing, how this book even got started and created, the ideology behind the book, what I wanted to create in this world, like all of it. I'm spilling the beans on all of it. I don't know how long this episode's going to be, but if you have wanted to ask me a question about self-publishing, I will share it 110% in this episode. I have been gathering questions from people who have asked me to go for coffee and talk about these topics, who have asked me about this regularly on live streams, who have uh, put into the comments of my TikTok, um, wondering like, <laughs> like, what is the dealio with the self-publishing thing? So... I'm going to share with you my unique journey through it, um, things that I learned, things that were absolutely terrible, things that were scary, all of it. And I'm very excited for that. But before I dive deep into it, so I'll put a little timestamp of when I start talking about the book stuff, because if you're like, I just want to dive into the book stuff, that is totally fine. So I'll put a little timestamp, it's timestamp, timestamp in the show notes for you. So you can swipe up and be like, oh, okay, cool. She starts talking about the book at this time. So Before that, I want to talk about something that I experienced last week because last week was my one-year bookiversary. That means it was the year, like, anniversary of me throwing my book launch, of me putting my book on Amazon, of me going into stores and knocking on doors, that rhymed, and being like, hey, do you want to sell this book in your environment, right? So a year of me hustling my little tushy off of getting this book into over nine plus countries. So I'm technically an internationally international selling author, author, that's hard to say, international selling author, which is super fucking exciting. And that means people have literally purchased personally from me. So I count Amazon kind of, but not really. So when I'm talking about numbers, I'm talking about things that I personally sold. Um, Amazon's a whole nother ballgame. Like I'm going to be really honest, my physical book copy sales on Amazon are a lot slower than the ones that come directly through me. I'm actually very grateful for that because I love stuffing them with glitter. Now that we're going back into an entire lockdown for a month, me being in Calgary, it's harder to stuff books with glitter and send them out because lockdown life. So um, I'm relying a little bit more heavily on Amazon right now. but when I talk about numbers, just know that I'm talking about physical copies. My ebook, which right now you can get for $2.99, you're welcome. Okay. <laughs> so my ebook sells super rapidly, and I think TikTok for that. So we've had like probably a thousand like ebook sales across the world. But me personally, I have sold books to Italy, Belgium, France. Oh, I had a list and I don't know where my list is. Belgium, yeah, France, which was really cool. Australia, Bali, Austria, the UK, um, obviously Canada and the US and like a couple other countries. I don't even know how much I said or how many I said, but it's really cool that 
I have had the opportunity for people around the world to be able to find me and want my book and message me and email me personally and say, hey, do can you ship to me? Hey, I don't have Amazon. Amazon won't sell to me or ship to me or whatever. Can I buy it directly through you? And that's like really exciting. And with that, I'm just blown away at the support that I've received globally. It's really, really freaking cool. So I appreciate that. We've sold over 342 copies. My goal is to sell close to a thousand copies by the end of 2021. So that's my goal just personally to sell that. And that's really cool because a lot of people would be like, Hey, that's a lot for a self-published, self-published author with their first book. But some people also would be like, that's not a lot. And I'm going to be talking about success for a hot second here. And I'm going to kind of go into a little bit of self-publishing just with this and my journey. Um, but the brunt of that will be at the timestamp. Okay. But when it came to this idea of success, so Last week, I was really feeling resistance around celebrating my one year, and it was all because I had so much resistance around the word success. Like Everyone kept telling me that I was so successful, that it was such a success, that, oh my gosh, I can't believe that you're so successful. I'm so proud of you, Like all these things, and it gave me a lot of anxiety. (laughs) I was like, what is this? Like People are complimenting me, and I want to scream into a pillow. So... I did a little soul searching and I was like, what's going on here? And in true millennial fashion, I had a thought pop up that was like, yeah, but I'm not successful enough. And I think it's so important to talk about this in terms of this specific podcast, because my book is probably the most incredible thing that I'm proud of. I like the thing that I've done in my life more than my degree, like, or I guess even with my degree, I have a BFA in acting and I was really proud of putting myself through school. I was really proud of like finishing that. Even when people told me to quit, like that was just something I did for me and I loved it. And it made me who I am today. I read a lot about it in the book as well, (laughs) but that and the book has been something that I'm so freaking proud of. And yet it was something that I to completely discredit any of my success with because I was scared that it wasn't successful enough, quote unquote, in the eyes of a stranger or in the eyes of someone who sold more books or in the eyes of someone who hit a bestseller list because I didn't. And a little sneak peek into the behind the scenes of the book stuff, which I'll probably re-bring up later for the people who skip through, is that it's really quote unquote easy, like easy to, um, I just did air quotes, to hit a bestsellers list if you do a specific strategy. Some people do it completely organically where they're like, oh, people buy a bunch of books and they hit the bestsellers list. Um, I didn't do that and I did not hit the bestsellers list. Also, some people go through and my self-publishing firm let me know that this was an option and I said no. And the option was to pretty much get like 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 of your closest friends or people who you know are going to buy and get them to buy multiple copies of your book the minute it launches on Amazon so that that shoots your book to the top of the the books that are purchased in that moment. And the minute that you hit bestseller, even if it's like in that second, you're a bestselling author, you get to call yourself a bestselling author. And so that was brought up and no shame to people who do that. No shame to the people who desire to have that be a part of their world, right? (laughs) But for me, it just felt 
gross. <laughs> I didn't feel good with that. It felt so out of integrity. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I don't care if one person reads this. Like, I would love it to just be on one person's shelf. And if it's not on one person's shelf, it's on my shelf. And that means the world to me. And like, I don't need to be a quote unquote best selling author. And if I am a best selling author, I want to do it the right way. I want to be a best selling author because thousands of people or hundreds of people or 20 people or whatever want my book in their hands. And maybe one day I'll be a bestseller. Maybe I'll never be a bestseller. And that's okay with me because I know that I did it right. Like I know that whether I didn't get that accolade or I did get that accolade, like I did it in a way that was fully in alignment with my values and I'm good with that. And so that's kind of the theme of this podcast is being fully in line with my values. But I remember thinking like kind of like really ruminating over my shortcomings. So this year was a a year that I was looking at apartments that I want, like my dream apartment that I wanted to move into. It's a year that I live with my family and like COVID happened and things were shut down and, and people who live in my home, like they were laid off for a bit and all this stuff was happening. And, and all my whole year I sat up with in-person events. Like I had book signings with chapters in Indigo that obviously haven't happened. Like you can look up my name on Indigo and chapters and you can find my book, but it doesn't have a cover. It doesn't have anything really, which is sad um, to me because I worked really hard. I worked for about six months to eight months to get my book even in their database. Um, which is a whole nother thing that I'll talk about more later in this episode. But like, I worked really fucking hard to get it in the database even. And I was supposed to do a book signing, but that fell through because of COVID. And I was supposed to speak at a woman's event for Canada and that fell through. I was one of their keynote speaker peoples. Um, then another event that I was supposed to speak at fell through and the Great Canadian Women's Summit didn't happen this year as it was supposed to. Um, so we didn't get to go to Banff and like hang out and have an incredible weekend with the Great Canadian Woman. And the International Women's Festival got canceled and I was supposed to have a booth there and that was where I was going to sell my book. And I was very fortunate to get my book into stores here in Calgary and like local shops and stuff like that before everything kind of shut down. But it was a year of in-person stuff and I had set up my entire year for that. And I was so excited for that. And that fell through. And, um, because all that fell through, like managing and shifting for to sell things. Cause I'm, I, my income comes from my business. <laughs> like I don't have any other jobs or anything like that. Like once in a while I'll teach, but once again, that's like in person. Um, and I teach kids and children's leader and stuff like that. But like, when it comes down to it, like my job is my income. So shifting things around to make sure that my bills are getting paid and all that stuff was pretty chaotic this year. And having to go on government assistance for one of the months and like all these, like it was wild guys. It was wild. And so I sat there a year having my book out, having these amazing milestones hit, like over 300 books globally, just coming from me, not coming from Amazon. Like, holy snap, all these books on like digitally ebooks being sold, like people coming into my programs, like all these things I was so proud of, but it wasn't enough. It didn't feel like it was enough. It felt like it was 
that's good for the circumstances or like that's okay, but like you could have done better. And if you've ever felt like this, this is why I think it's really important to talk about it because I cried. I cried so hard the day before my book anniversary. I cried to my friend Audrey. Shout out Audrey. Um, I cried into a little chat that we had saying that I wasn't, I didn't feel successful enough that I felt like this book wasn't successful enough, that it could be more successful, that like, who am I to celebrate my quote unquote success? Why do people keep calling me successful when I'm like not? Because I don't have the life that I want where I'm going, or I don't have it yet, or I haven't hit these goals. And I felt like such a failure in that moment. And it took me like talking about the things that I've accomplished out of context of comparison to truly be proud of what I did, to be able to speak about this book out of context of comparison to Gabby Bernstein, who also had her book launch, I'm pretty sure somewhere close to that or whatever. And another book came out from a super famous author. And I think Rachel Hollis released a book around then or whatever. So it's like, those were the best selling authors in my categories, right? Like comparatively, if I compared myself to all these other people, I felt like a failure if I compared myself to the people who their jobs weren't affected or nothing was affected with COVID or people who were online in the community who they weren't affected. They had their best year ever, like all these things. If I compared it to them, then I feel like a failure. Then I'm like, wow, my stuff's not good enough. And that's what we do is we like discredit our success. We discredit everything that we've accomplished because it's not as good as someone else or how we perceive it to be as good as someone else. Because we sit there and we wonder like, okay, cool. Their stuff was this amazing and they did all this stuff, but like, (laughs) what, how does my stuff measure up to that? And that's when we just cut it, who we are, what we've done and what we've created. And this year people are going to be posting on the internet about everything that they've created in 2020. And some are going to be amazing and some aren't. And some people aren't going to post it all because they've had a really hard year. And I just want to share with you that like your success is your success is your success. Success is defined by you. And for me, I find the most success in saying, you know what? I stayed in integrity with myself the entire process, the entire process of this book. I was in radical integrity with myself to the point of the best-selling author thing. I can honestly say I stood up and I was in radical integrity with myself. And that is success to me. So am I not in a skyline apartment and did my some of the apartments that I applied for fall through? Yeah. Am I sitting on my floor right now in my room with boxes of books around me? Yeah. Am I sitting here recording and not having every single thing that's on my vision board. Yeah. And that's okay. And that is okay. Because what I've done to this point and what I'm doing in this moment and me just sharing this with you guys too. Like I was going to share this when I was a blubbering mess that day. I probably should have should have trusted my gut and done it, but I trust that this is when this was meant to come out and people needing to hear this now in this moment. So sure, that's fine. And great, but like, just breathe that in for a second that that's okay. If you're not where you thought you were going to be, that's okay. If you haven't accomplished what you wanted to accomplish, that's okay. If you're listening to this because you feel like if you don't write a book, you're not going to be successful, that's okay. 
And it's okay to just not write a book if you don't want to. I can tell you right now, I did not write a book because I was like, I'm going to write a book. I wrote a book because I was like, I have something to say and I would love for it to be in a book form. Like, how cool would that be? But I can tell you that years down the road or like two years ago, I would have never, ever told you I was going to be an author ever. I joked about writing books. I was like, oh, there's going to be a book about my life one day. or I'm going to have quotable things one day. But like never, ever was I like that everyone else was writing a book. I want to write a book. And I think that's what saved my ass a lot of the time because it was so much less about anyone else or what other people were doing or what other people accomplish or if other people wrote a book or people right now are saying like the best strategy to get clients is to like write a book. And I can tell you right now that like none of my private clients have come from my book. I've had a couple people come from, well, like a lot of people in my experience group because experience group is a membership that's tied to the book. So like there's audio chapters in there. Um, and it's like $35 a month for a year and then you get it for life. There's like audio chapters in there. I go live every month in there. Um, there's discussion threads, chatting about stuff in there, like everything you can think of. And it's just like a community of people who have read the book or done the work or people who have been there since day one when I started writing. And I'll talk a little bit more about that and how I leverage that to pay for my book. Um, cause this, this podcast is going to be transparent as F. So get excited. Um, yeah, but like that whole situation of like the experience group, like those people are, have purchased the book or they're in it for the book work. But besides that, like there's been, I cannot say that like, there's been like new people from my book come into my stuff. And maybe that's like a conversion thing, or maybe some strategist is going to try to like slide into my DMS or my email and be like, I can fix that. And that's cool. Own your shit, yo. <laughs> like own your shit. Give me a good pitch. But I might say no, just because I'm like not super trapped about it. Like that's okay. It's okay for me because this book was never meant to be like a sales funnel. This book was just meant to be what it is, which is a fully immersive experience that I wanted to gift to the world. So let's dive deep into the book shit. So we are at 21 minutes and 49 seconds. And my whole point of saying that was just to make sure I had a timestamp for myself um, so that I can put it in the show notes. So people, if they don't care about the book, they don't have to listen for 21 minutes, but they'll have to listen now because I have the microphone. So you will listen to everything that I have to say. If you didn't get that quote, that's from The Wedding Singer. And if you did get that quote, I love you. Okay. So here we go. Book shit. So let's chat about it. So when I first started writing my book, I had been joking about writing a book for like a year. Like I had my notes app on my phone filled with ideas of chapters and like little things. And I was like writing in my notes app on my computer, like little blurbs about things. And that's kind of right now I'm thinking about writing my second book. And so that's kind of like the, I've learned that that's my journey. That's my book journey. So but at the time I was like joking about writing this book. Like I, it would be a comedy thing that I would bring up in conversations with people who are like, you should write a book. And I'm like, don't worry, I will one day. But it was never really, really serious. And I remember when I was like, getting kind of serious about it, or I was just thinking of writing a book, like how fun it would be, like wouldn't that be cool to have it on a shelf, like all those thoughts were kind of going around in my head. And I was having a rough couple months, guys, like rough in business. I had um, just come from a breakup. It was brutal. I was like, it was a very toxic relationship. And so that was ending I was doubting myself a lot that that whole relationship stirred up so much insecurity and like unsafety within myself that was like crazy. And I did not uh, deal with it 
well at the moment, as in I like just kind of tried to be like, I'm better, I'm bigger than this. Like I'm fine. I'm better than this. Like I'll stuff and not let myself feel it. Always let yourself feel it guys. <laughs> so fast forward, it was like a rough relationship just ended. I had a client like pretty much break up with me. Um, just because she couldn't pay her payments. I took it very personally and it wasn't about me at all. Like we had an incredible few months together. I tried to still keep in touch. She didn't want to keep in touch. I understand there must've been like a lot of shame around that. I've also in this time, like wasn't able to pay for a program that I was in. So I had to drop out. That was really embarrassing for me. Um, I am normally a person of my word. It was like a shit show of a time. So I'm sitting there and I'm laying on the couch and I have like $50 in my bank account. Okay. And I'm sitting on the couch and I had been like high in life for months. I was probably two years in my business at this point. Like I thought I had a very sturdy structure. I had accomplished some things that I was really proud of at the time. And I hit a low and I thought I was broken and there was something wrong with me. And so I'm laying there on the couch and I'm talking to a really great friend of mine, Dana. And if you read the book, you know that Dana Lisa, my pineapple queen, the book is dedicated to her because of this moment. So I'm sitting there and I'm feeling like crap about myself. I feel like a failure. I'm at my lowest point at that time. I was like, I should just quit, but I don't want to quit. And I don't want to talk about it to anyone because I'm embarrassed. And she was just sharing about how she had like a record breaking month or something like that. And I was so proud of her and so excited for her. And simultaneously, I felt like crap because I was like, if she can do it, why can't I? If she can have this, why can't, why not me? So I was having a little pity party. I had my little pity party hat, had my little pity party balloons, and I was having a little pity party. I felt like shit. So (laughs) sitting there being a pity party pooper. And she mentioned that she was taking this three day or no, it was a 10 day thing to write your book proposal. And I was like, Oh my God, you're going to write a book. And she's like, yeah, I'm taking this like 10 day thing. And it was from Jen Sincero. So it's like Sincero, however you want to say it. You are a badass. She's my favorite author. And she did a whole thing on writing your book proposal. And so it's like a little course thing and it was $97. And she said, you should do this with me or 197 or something us. She's like, you should do this with me. And at the time, my credit cards were maxed out. And I had like 50 bucks in my account. And I had bills coming up. And so you best believe I was not in a place to be like, hey, uh, yeah, I'm going to jump into this. Like I was like, I'm embarrassed to tell you, Dana, that I can't actually afford this right now. She had like a five-figure month or something like that. And I remember being like, I have less than $100 in my bank account. Like, with, And I'm Canadian, if, if you guys didn't know that. So I'm Canadian. So I was like, this is going to be like $150 or like $50 more than what it was or whatever. And so I'm really bad with details, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> when I did my book writing process, I had to like look at Facebook photos to try to trace back years because I'm really bad with remembering years, dates, tiny details like that. But I can tell you how I felt. I can tell you the experience of what I was experiencing, but I'd be like the worst witness for like dates and times and all that stuff. So I was sitting there and I'm on the phone with her and I'm like, I'm really embarrassed to tell you that I actually can't afford this and I can't do this with you. And it's because I'm in this situation and I'm really ashamed 
and she's like, I thought you wanted to write a book. Why don't you just write a book? And I'm like, well, I can't. I don't have enough for this like book thing. And like, I don't even know if people are listening to me because of where I'm at right now in my life and my business. And I don't think I'm good enough and nothing's going to be okay. And like, I'm in this place where I'm stuck and not feeling good enough and feeling really shitty, blah, blah, blah. blah. And she just was like, Danielle, like just take the course. And I was like, I can't afford it. And she's like, I'm giving you my course. And she sent me her course. And I cried (laughs) because she said, I believe in you. Now go believe in you too. And I cried. And the book, if you flipped, if you have the book on you and you flipped the first couple pages, it says, I believe in you. Now go believe in you too. And I'm doing it. And I did it. And it was scary. And so after that moment, I got really, really serious. And you best believe that lit a fire under my butt. I was like, I know exactly what I need to do. So I got so excited. I didn't have any clients at the time. That's what I was bitching and complaining about. I felt like I needed a private client to sign up with me in order to fund my book. I was like, first, I need to sign X amount of clients in order to do this thing that I really want to do. Like I had all these excuses and I just, I was like, okay, I'm just going to fucking write the book. And so I literally lived in my house and in Starbucks for like three days. And I finished the entire 10-day course in three days. I did market research. I did everything that I needed to do in this course and program to write my book proposal. My book proposal ended up being like 70 pages. I did a sample chapter. I did all these different things. I packaged it super nicely. I did a query letter to send to publishers because that's what you do within the course. So if you guys want to sign up for that course, maybe I'll put it in the link below if I can find it um, in the show notes. But that was the program that I took or whatever. And I like went balls deep into it (laughs) and I finished it in three days. And so I was sending it to publishers and all this stuff. I started talking about how I was writing a book like on the internet. I was just like, guys, I'm writing a book, blah, 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 blah. Like I'm going to write a book. And I started reaching out to people who I knew that self-published. And I started reaching out to people who I knew went with publishers. And I tried to like find all the information on everything. And publishers took a very long time to get back to me, which was very annoying. Like I literally, I remember I had just had my book launch last year and I had been writing like since the day that I like sent out all my query letters being like, do you want to see my manuscript or do you want to see my, my, um, book pitch and stuff like that? It was a year. It took a year and my book was already written and we had my book launch for a publisher to get back to me being like, yeah, send it my way. We'll take a look. So first thing about traditional publishing, it takes a long time from what I've experienced. Probably if you are Gabby Bernstein or Oprah, it'll probably take a shorter time. But for me, it took a long ass time. And so that right away, I'm a very impatient person. When I put my mind to something, I just want to do it and get it done. That's how this podcast started. I just wanted to like do it and get it done and just like balls to the wallet, right? So 
that was an experience in itself, sending letters out to people, like getting on calls with people who've self-published before, like asking questions, putting my Facebook post to like, if anyone knows anyone who's self-published, like send them my way. Talking to friends of mine who I knew had self-published before, asking a lot of questions and just being super curious and being open to whatever answers I got, not attached to anything. And that's when I learned that publishing, traditional publishing is very slow. I actually had a friend of mine who did stand-up comedy and I did improv with him. Reach out to me. He was a publishing scout for a publishing company that was decently well-known. And I'm not, I'm not going to drop names because it doesn't matter at this time. But, um, and it doesn't matter for the terms of this podcast, (laughs) but so he reached out and he scouted me and he's like, I've actually been wanting you to write a book. Like your writing is really good. Blah, blah, blah. blah. Let's get on a call. So he lives in England right now. And so we get on a call together and we kind of hash it out. I share with him my idea of this book that, and here was my big pitch, you guys, the whole thing that I knew going in. And I was like, this book has never been written before. This is a book that is if like Mindy Kaling's um, Why Is Everyone Hanging Out Without Me and Jen Sincero's You're a Badass and Wreck That Journal and Choose Your Own Adventure and whatever else had a baby, that would be this book. I was like, this book is not on any shelf. Why? Because when I look on shelves, there's not a book that I felt myself in. There's not a book that I thought was fun and exciting and I wanted to read like so badly. It was people who were telling me how they live their life or people who are telling me how I should live my life. And there was no real opening for play or fun or figuring it out yourself and not being ashamed of not being perfect. So I was like, I'm going to create that. And I did. So that was my pitch going in. And I didn't want it to be like a girl boss book. I wanted it to be real and raw and quite, um, I'm very feminine, so not gender neutral because I'm quite feminine. Um, but to be open to being interpreted by other people and not having it just be like from a privileged space. So we worked really hard on trying to accomplish that. I'm in no way perfect. And looking at some parts of my book, I, it is cringy and I'm like, I need to change that eventually and like go back through it and stuff like that, which I will. And I can definitely see myself doing it, especially when I do the audiobook of it, um, which is a goal of mine and a thing of mine. And a little project of mine that I'm working on. <laughs> so that's exciting. But um, yeah, so I got scouted. So I end up on a call with him. And then he pitches the project to his team and they didn't like the name. So they say, can you come up with like more names? And I was like, okay. So I come up with more names. I send them back. Can you come up with different names? Okay, cool. The name is stingy. Let's change it up. I have more. So here's some more names. And it was a very, a lot of like ring around the rosy of names and stats. And like, based on the past statistics, we think that you should do this. And based on past things, we think you should do that, which didn't make sense to me because I'm like, I get it. You're trying to like pull from past things so you can see what sells well, but I know this will sell well because I'm going to sell it really well. Like this is my work. It is incomparable. I was pretty honest about that. I was like, it is incomparable. You can't look at past statistics to dictate my success. It doesn't work like that because this book has never been written and therefore this success hasn't been had yet. So just you watch. And so there was a lot of back and forth. Um, We ended up having a conversation and he's like, hey, like, I don't think that they're going to go for it. So I was like, hey, I'll pull out while we're ahead. And 
that's when I realized that in talking to a couple other publishers, that self-publishing was the perfect avenue for me. Because what I learned was publishing gets you some marketing leverage and yeah, they can pay up front, but you have to pay it back through your royalties. And I was like, okay, all that's happening. And also they have control over what you do to a certain degree. So they can say like, we don't like that and all that stuff. So it's almost like having a boss. I'm like, well, I kind of hate that. (laughs) Like I would rather be in a collaborative space with people. So from that space, what ended up happening is I pulled out, I started asking around all my friends about self-publishing and I met with a really incredible friend of mine, Calvin. He is the owner and founder of Hapful Publishing. I will put it below in the comments because I, or in the show notes, because I honestly could not stop talking about how incredible his company is and like the experience that I had. So This is not an ad for that. I don't get commissions. If you're like, I want to speak to these people, I don't. I just want to connect with you, connect you guys with someone who I freaking love and who I had the best experience with. You guys might not get along, but I love him. (laughs) So, and I love his whole um, team. They were everything for me. So, and I'll tell you some road bumps that came up as well. So, I have a lot of stories with this book, by the way, but I'm going to get. I'm going to get through just like the book publishing and maybe share some behind the scenes stories of shit show moments, but this is, this is where we're going with. Okay. So there's like, I this could be like five podcasts, but I want to keep this relatively short. Let's keep it under an hour guys. So I meet with Calvin a couple times over coffee and I was like talking to him about my struggles and he not once pitched me, like never once pitched me what they did, but I knew what they did. So I kind of asked, I was like, okay, so these are all the struggles that I'm going with. He empathized and understood because him himself has also self-published books, um, his included. And so he's like, yeah, like that's traditional publishing. So we chatted a lot about it and it got to the point where I was like, okay, just tell me what you do. <laughs> just tell me what you guys do. How much is that? And I remember I went on a payment plan. So that's it's something that's valuable to share with you guys. And I want to say it was about $9,000 that I put into working with this team. And so that was important to me because this team came with a graphic designer. It came with a writing coach. It came with an editor, came with Calvin as like the publisher head honcho guy. He was the go-to like middle person in communication. So that was huge for me because I saw the graphics and I was like, that doesn't feel like me, but I feel weird about saying that. And like, this is when I was first stepping into speaking up for myself, which is really cool because the book writing process, not only writing that book changed my life, but the book writing process of learning to stand even stronger in my voice changed my life and changed how I teach, which is incredible. But one of the things is I was really scared to tell people that I didn't like their work (laughs) or that it wasn't on the same wavelength as mine. Not that it was bad, but it just like did, didn't capture my vision. And Calvin was so good at being like, okay, like understanding my vision and being able to communicate it to like the graphic designer and like communicate it to the editor when I was upset and like couldn't really articulate things. And it was just an incredible support. He was there anytime that I needed to meet up and chat about things. He helped me with marketing, like all these things. He was the biggest supporter of my ideas, everything. So I freaking love that. And so that's, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I say, what is like, what, how much is it? What do I do? How do we do this? He gives me the price. I shit my pants a little. And then I say, okay, 
And he, I was like, how much can I put down a deposit right now? I'll get you the money. I don't have it right now because I did not have it. Um, by this point, I had gotten like $300, I can't remember, for a project that I did or something like that or or coaching or something happened. I had $300 in my account, um, a little bit more than that, probably $500. And so I was like, I can give you $350 right now and you transfer you to lock in my spot so we can start working on this. And he's like, okay, done. Let's do it. So I put down the deposit and we got to work. And so what I ended up doing is we came up with this idea together that I, cause I did not want to just sit in a coffee shop by myself and write a book. I wanted human connection. I wanted to talk to people. This is what makes my book really unique too. This is where the experience group comes in. So I wanted to talk about these topics with people. I didn't want to just tell you how I thought about judgment and what I thought about judgment. I wanted to talk to my friends and be like, what do you guys think about judgment? What does everyone think about judgment? Let's come to a conclusion together. Like, let's bounce ideas off of each other. Like, let's have a community where we can talk about things without jumping all over each other or talk about things from just like an honest, loving perspective with like masterful communication. And so I and Calvin came up with an idea that I would run a membership style thing. So if someone pre-ordered my book, I would say, okay, I'm going to put that pre-order or whatever. Cool. You're going to now go into a group where I'm. you get first access to chapters and you get first access to things that I'm talking about in the book and audio chapters and written chapter excerpts and like all these things. You get access to it all by being in this group. And so I was pre-selling the book to fund the book. <laughs> so um, keep in mind, like I did not have the money. And so I was like, okay, cool. What do I need to do to make the next payment? How many books, quote unquote books, do I need to sell? What do I need to like create? Like, let's do it. And I just promoted the crap out of it. I showed everything behind the scenes of what I'm, what I was doing. And those of you guys who have taken a program with me, like Iconic or have done one of my Iconic five-day intensives which are available currently, by the way, guys, if you're interested of <laughs> doing a five-day private intensive with me. But you'll know that I teach like document everything and share it. Document your energy and share it. Like document how stoked you are and share it. Like just if you are having a happy dance freakout moment in your kitchen, fucking turn on the recorder and document it and then share it. And it'd be, I'm so excited for this. And so that's what I did. I set a goal for myself to do 75 pre-orders. I remember being, I, I had gotten one pre-order. It was Taylor. She knows who she is. She, she was the very first person to purchase my book ever. Um, and I'm forever grateful for her for taking a chance on me. I had zero pre-orders when she pre-ordered. She was the very first one. And then, and I remember everyone who pre-ordered. I love them so dearly. And she ordered and then more orders came through. And then I remember I had 15 and I wrote on my whiteboard and I said, okay, so 15 out of 75 books are sold or books are pre-sold. Can we get to 75? And I had so many people jump on and like share that and be like, my friend's trying to get to 75 pre-orders of her book. Like, do you want to be a part of this? Like all that stuff. So people were sharing it on their social medias and it, it was gaining so much momentum and it was so cool. 
And people were excited because I was excited. And so all these pre-orders were coming in and we hit the 75 pre-order mark within like, like not 24 hours, but it was like 48 hours or like three days or something wild. And I was like, what is happening? And then I just kept sharing my book process on the internet and like it kept gaining momentum. And we ended up pre-selling like almost 200 books by the time I hit my book launch. I think it was like 165 by the time we went to my book launch. And then a bunch of people bought so many books on my book launch and that like went over and all that stuff. But I'm getting ahead of myself again. So that was really exciting. So that's what I did to fund my own book. That's what I did. And will I do that for my next book? I don't know, maybe. But the experience book is still like, or the experience group is still thriving and people freaking love it. And that's where we go to like have conversations about real shit. And like I go live in it every single month. It's $35 a month for the year and then you get it forever. So we've upped the price, obviously. It's no longer pre-order. Um, but with the pre-orders, it was really cool because I had my only goal, I was very short-sighted in it. I was long-sighted to the point where I was like, I have a marketing plan. Like this is what I want to do. I want to get in the bookstores. I want to do all this stuff. And I talked to people who did write books already and like ask a lot of questions once again, and not be afraid to be like, Hey, can I ask you questions? And if people said no, not be hurt by that. It's like, okay, cool. Um, and talk to friends of mine who wrote books and like all that thing and start conversations. And like, if someone was like, what are you doing? Well, I was in Starbucks. I'd be like, I'm writing a book. And they'd be like, Whoa, you're writing a book. What? Cause people just come up and talk to me randomly places and I can make friends everywhere. So <laughs> I use, utilize that superpower and people would ask me about my book or ask me what I was doing in Starbucks. And like, I just continued to u- utilize and leverage that to market my book and sell it more before it was even a book. <laughs> right. So that was a little like smart tip from me to you guys that you can use or not. But here was the downside to that. I did my pre-order for $25 US. And at that time, I was doing a lot of research on how I was going to ship these books out. But I was like, I'm not going to worry about that because that's like six months down the road or whatever. It took, I want to say six or seven months for me to write my book too, by the way, guys. So I did it very quick and kind of like that was like my focus for those six months was finish my book. Um, I was still marketing stuff in my business. I was still trying to sell my one-on-one. I had a couple clients come in. Like it was just, I was doing it all simultaneously, but my main focus was writing my book and making time to write every night. And like not if it didn't happen every night, I would still have conversations around what I was writing with people and all that stuff. So it was very important to me, just like that was my, where my energy was. So it could be expanded in that way. And so I um, ended up learning something really important that Canada Post, this is FYI guys, sucks for (laughs) when it comes to shipping stuff. So I did shipping included, $25 USD shipping included. Uh, The books themselves were probably, I want to say $4 per book to ship to me, but shipping itself to get the books to me was like $300 because I bought so many of them because so many of them pre-sold. And like, yeah, I'm going into like grave detail, you guys. So that was a situation. And then I had to ship them out to other people. That means I had to get packages. That means I had to pay for for the shipping, right? At the time I was like, that's fine. How much can shipping be? Uh, across Canada, it's like 20 bucks. If I ship to Australia, it's like 20 bucks. If I ship to the States, it's like $7 (laughs) or whatever. But Canada post to the UK, I shipped two books for $80. This is before I knew about shipping things. (laughs) So I also utilized local communities and I was like, how do I ship this book out? Because I self-published, which means that I self-published through Hatful Publishing So there was a whole, I had a writing coach who was freaking amazing. I love her so much. Her name is Elena 
and she was my life. Like every day I'd like message her and be like, Hey, like I'm writing about this. Like, what do you think about this? Like all that stuff. Like, and it was really, really cool to have feedback for someone who just gets it. And she made sure that we, well, we both made sure that we like fine tooth combed through my book to make sure it was like queer inclusive and made sure that we really allowed other perspectives, other backgrounds, other sexualities, other races, um, other genders, like everyone to just be able to experience this book in whatever way that they did without diluting my voice because my voice is unique and it's going to resonate with people. It's not going to resonate with other people. I'm like a very privileged white girl from Canada who lives in uh, like the Midwest of Canada and yeah, and I'm 27. And so I have a different perspective than like a lot of people who are not as privileged or who don't come from that background or who are not in the experience that I'm in. So I shared it from my experience, but we wanted to open it up so other people could experience it through their experience too and recognize my privilege within that. And so I think we did a really awesome job um, for where we were at at the time to go through that and experience that. So that happened and that was fun and exciting. Uh, more things that bumped up against the edges was I did not agree with my editor at all. So I was in an experience where I felt very censored by my editor because they were not only doing editing for grammar, but they were also starting to edit for content. And I felt very like silenced. Some things were really incredible to look back on and be like, oh, okay. Yeah that I can definitely change or that is not in alignment with what I mean to say, like stuff like that. But some stuff felt just like our personalities were very different and it did not mesh. And there was like an expectation of me to be quote unquote unprofessional, which is what the book is not about. The book is about being us and whatever that is and redefining professionalism and redefining success, redefining our lives for ourselves. So that was a hurdle that I also had to come up against. And two things from that that I want to share with you guys because I want to give you all the details but I and, and warn you about things and share with you about situations and experiences that I've had. You can get come to your own conclusions and experience them for yourself, but I don't want this podcast to drag on forever. But one, two things that I learned was, number one, it's okay to lean for support. I spoke before speaking to Calvin about my experience with my editor. I spoke to my writing coach and we made sure that we like it wasn't just my own internal shit coming up around the editing process and stuff like that because C's get degrees. And uh, am I right? Like I have never passed English class. <laughs> so I was like, am I being triggered or is this real? And it felt very real. And so I talked to Calvin. Calvin was able to communicate to the editor. Like that was really incredible to have that open communication. And there were edits that I had to push back on because I just like did not agree. There was times where I was like, like there was, I will never forget this one comment. I made a joke, an M&M joke. And I said, like, something about mom's spaghetti or whatever. And she said, why is this relevant to what you're saying? And I said, it's not relevant. It's there for comedic effect. (laughs) And I was just like, I'm not deleting it. Like, no, it's there for comedic effect. Like, let the people laugh. Um, Because that's very much the energy of the book. So there was times where I had to, like, push back. And the second thing that I learned from that experience is my three-step process to really 
moving through criticism, which is number one, check the source. Number two, check myself. And number three, adjust accordingly. So there was a lot of things where I had to check the source on. So for example, there was some things that I said that were insensitive and I didn't like realize they were insensitive because I was uneducated on the topic. There was certain words that I used. There were certain things that I said that like were, I was not educated on the topic about. And she called me out on it. Like my editor was like, this is really insensitive. Here is a link to an article about why this is not okay. And I would do research and be like, oh shit. Okay. Secondly, I'm going to check myself and be like, yeah, this is against my values. So I'm going to change it. And then third is adjust accordingly, which is changing it. But there was also times where I had to like, be like, no, I'm not changing this because it's like the source, like this person. So for example, if I am, if I was speaking on a topic like the M&M thing and this individual was like, what, why is that in your book? Like, what is the point of that? And I was like, for comedic effect, it's funny. Right. And they like, don't understand the humor or whatever, like, or they don't get my audience or they don't understand what I'm writing about or whatever, why it's important to me. I might not take that source as fact. I'm going to say that's that person's personal opinion. Um, I'm going to check in with myself and I'm still going to say what I want to say because adjusting accordingly is like, I don't have to adjust anything because it's aligning with my values. So that was another thing um, that was a huge experience in the in my writing book writing thing and that whole editing process. So that was really hard for me to get around. It was really difficult to look at your entire like what it felt like literally was imagine if someone had like like I don't even know how many pages my book is, like 275 pages of why you're wrong <laughs> and personally emailed it to you to your personal email account. That's what it, what it felt like. And some of it was so valid because it was like grammar shit and some of it felt super pointed. So that was a whole experience altogether. That editor is no longer with that company, um, which I'm not super sad about, but like it just like we did not mesh. It's not that she was a bad person at all. It's not that um, like one of us is better than the other. It's not that I was wrong or that I was right or that she was wrong or she was right. It's just that we had different opinions on a lot of things and that's okay. And so standing up for yourself is so important, especially during the book writing process. If you have an, a vision, stand in it. And that's why I say like, for me, it wasn't about just writing a book because if I was just writing a book just to write a book or just to get sales or just to whatever, I would have been crushed by the criticism. I would have been crushed by people telling me that I didn't remember things correctly when I spoke about my childhood or like that my perspective is different. Cause the other thing is like, if you're telling your story, you're telling your story from your own perspective and you have to also accept that other people who are involved in that story don't have the same perspective. It's like, I can't remember who talked. Is it Brecht? I don't know. Um, some philosopher talks about a car crash. Um, I can't remember what philosopher it is. We talk about a car crash and how five people can see a car crash, but they see it from different perspectives based on what they're, where they're standing. And so you have to be also okay with like, if you're going to share your story, be okay with other people disagreeing who were also there and not letting people gaslight you out of your feelings, but also recognizing that how you remember it is filtered through your own perspective. How they remember it is filtered through their perspective. That was also a whole other thing with family and friends who were, were part of the book, <laughs> who are in the book. Or I and I respect a lot of people, and I don't say people's names, and I 
don't go into detail about who people are, but the people who read them or like read the, their own stories know who they are, right? They know what happened in those experiences. So just being mindful of that. Also being mindful that not everyone's going to agree with you and being mindful that that and that I can do a whole freaking podcast on it, right? I know that people aren't always going to agree with you and and the mantra over on this end of the internet is, and that's okay, because we don't need everyone to agree with us in order for us to have our own experiences, and we don't need everyone to agree with us in order for us to be valid in any way, shape, or form. So that is our mantra over here on this edge of the interwebs. So those were my experiences with publishing when it comes to self-publishing, a little bit of spark notes leading up. Like I said, this could be multiple episodes, spark notes leading up, um, buying the books, like being able to raise capital for myself to buy the books. Cause it was about like $1,500 to order three boxes. No, how many boxes did we end up doing? I want to say like 400 books. It was about $1,500 plus $1,500, like all together, Money that I put into my book was probably $14,000 plus, and that was like cash, like because I did not have the credit to do it. So I had $1,500. Like when I had to put the, those books on my credit card, it was like I was like paying, I was trying to get the capital, capital in order to pay the card before I had to order the books. And there was so much, so much gong show things that happened with like that and my book launch party. And I think it's important to talk about my book launch party actually to end this episode on the book launch party because that in itself was an experience for me. So that's a lot of stuff that I would just warn you guys about, or like share with you of like how I did. I don't want to say warn you. Cause like, what am I warning you against? So I'm warning you against life experiences. Like, Oh my God, scary. But no, like that was just my experience. I would not trade it for the world. I'm very proud of every single thing that I did to create this book and put it into the world. And every single time someone buys from Amazon, from me online for the $2.99 ebook, like I don't care when people sign up to get my audiobook. Like I don't care. I am going to be jazzed no matter what, because that's one more shelf that that book's on. That's one more ear that that audiobook's in. That's one more, I don't know, computer that that's on. Like every single time someone signs up for my membership, I do a happy dance. Like this book has changed my life and changed people's lives who are in the membership or changed people's lives who are anywhere. And it was so important to me not to just put a book out. Like I want to make that really clear. It was so important to me to make sure that I, there was a book on my shelf that I felt myself in because in the personal development industry, like I felt like an outcast. I felt like I was too much. I felt like I was too extra. I felt like I was like not fitting in that there wasn't a space for me and I had to create my own space. And so that was me creating my own space. And so I had a lot of why behind why I did what I, or why I wrote it. I had a lot of why about why it was important for this book to go into the world and I had a lot of why behind how ballsy I was with making sure that that book was uncensored and so much a part of me. People said, people criticized me saying that they think all I do is talk about myself and how it's like egotistic or that I put put myself in the space of being better than other people or like people have such super shitty things about my book and through it all, I'm like, I don't care because I'm proud of it. Like, don't buy it then. Don't read it then. That's okay. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. But I'm really proud of it. I'm proud of the fact that I wrote the thing. 
I'm proud of the fact that I raised the capital to put the thing out in the world. I'm proud of the fact that I didn't settle for a publisher or didn't settle for someone who was going to censor me, that I went with someone who I cared a lot about and who I trusted with my life to be like, let's do this incredible work together and who I can reach out to at any point in time if I want to write another book or if reach out at any point in time if I have problems for Amazon. So like setting up Amazon, putting it on Amazon, all that stuff, that was the publishing company. The publishing company put everything up on Amazon, the self-publishing firm, Hapful, which is my friend Calvin. And I'll put that below and be like, if you have a question, <laughs> like know that I sent them that your way or whatever, or let's do like, if you guys want to be connected with that company, like email me and I will email connect you guys. Okay. Cause it's COVID and things like that. And I don't know how much like traffic they're getting through. I'll put their Facebook below though, but I love them. I love them a lot, a lot. So that was really important. Um, to touch on, but the book launch itself. So leading up to the book launch, it was part the same thing with the book. Like I put so much heart in making sure that book felt like me that when it came up to the book launch, I wanted it to feel like me. And I am not someone for a long time, any birthday of mine, I would sacrifice what I wanted to do because someone wouldn't want to do it. So it was like, I want to have pizza tonight. Well, I'm not going to eat that. Okay. So, well, you can have it, but I, I don't want it. Okay. But I want to share my pizza with you. I want to celebrate with you. No, I'm not going to do it. Okay. Let's go out to this place. Well, if you go there, I'm not going to come. Okay. Uh, weird, whatever. And so my whole life, and I'm not saying this like a feel bad for me. I'm just saying experience wise, I had a lot of trauma around people not wanting to do what I wanted to do. I remember I once had a boyfriend who love bombed me. That's a term for a narcissist where they'll like shower you with love. And so I remember one time he surprised me. It was the only time I've ever been surprised with a surprise party for my birthday. And I was like, oh my gosh, like spooning, right? He keeps me roses and champagne. And I was like, oh my God, this is beautiful. And then he's taking me to dinner and all my friends are there. And I'm not a huge meat eater at all, um, but he takes me to this like Korean barbecue place because he wanted meat. I don't want meat. I love pasta. I love carbs, <laughs> but he wanted meat. So he's like, well, I'm not going to eat like pasta or whatever. We go there. I, I'm going to take you to a place that I want to go to. So even though it was like for me, it was like really like for them. And so I had a lot of trauma built up around making decisions for myself. Oh my God. The whole actual book launch is like a whole situation with like, there was family drama. There was so much shit that happened, but, um, this is about the specific thing and that I want to leave you guys with today. A little bit of wisdom that I want to leave you guys with a little bit of love that I want to leave you guys with. So that book, so I had a lot of trauma built up around like people not wanting to do what I wanted to do or like my special day having to like bend what I wanted to meet other people's standards. And so this book launch, like I organized and paid for it myself. <laughs> okay. Organized and I paid for it myself. And, um, it was like this big thing and I was so excited for it. So like, I end up like getting a brewery involved because I love beer. And so I did a book and a book and a brew event. So people who bought tickets got a book and a beer 
And then there was like a little bit extra factored into the ticket to pay for like the, the, um, anything else that we needed to do the food and stuff like that. So I had like food there at a candy bar that I like, we like drove to a bulk barn, like the middle of the night one night to get like candy for a candy bar. I like borrowed my friends, like things that she used for her wedding candy bar. She like, let me borrow it. Like it was just so grassroots done. Like, it was like bootstrapped. It was wild. But then I like, I had a friend of mine, like bring in her square machine that her family uses at their local business. And I was like, okay, bring it in and we'll use that to like cash things. And we'll hook it up to my square. I made a playlist of like one of my favorite songs. I like spent like $90 on this blazer that I never wear because it wasn't what I really wanted in the first place, but it was close enough, um, that I wanted to wear at the event. There's like so much stuff. Like I bought all these books, like, um, I had so much of my, so many of my friends like volunteer to like help and all that stuff. It was a snowstorm that day. It was like wild. And I remember like going into that event being like, I picked music that lit me up. Like my friends are there. I'm so excited for my experience. Like this is my day. And I was met with a lot of drama of people like not making it like trying to essentially as I was like packing books and like trying to get all this stuff to the event space, like hosting this event, the book launch, I had people calling me for favors and then trying to guilt me into not helping them, even though I was launching a freaking book. Right. And then there was also individuals who like when I, when they walked into the space, they're like, Oh, I would have picked somewhere else for your book launch. Like, okay. Like the place that I originally wanted wasn't available. Like whatever, this is what we have. Or people being like, well, I would do this differently or I would have different food or like, are you sure this is okay? Or like, should we be doing this? Or should you be doing that? I had someone be like, well, why isn't there no country songs on your playlist? Like I should have made my playlist dedicated for them, not me, like all that stuff. And the reason why I shared this specifically with you guys. Like there's so much details that I could go into, but I will leave you with this is that there is always, and I wish I knew this like in high school when, or in junior high or, or even university or like a couple of years ago when I was with that boyfriend that like, it is so crucial for you to advocate for what really lights you the fuck up. It is so crucial for you to advocate things that bring you happiness. It is so important to advocate for the things that are yours because they are yours. So your birthday, if no one wants to celebrate it the way that you want to, it is, and this is like the book in general, everything, okay? If no one's going to read your book, if no one wants to celebrate the way that you want to celebrate, if no one's going to eat the food that you want to eat or whatever, one thing that I've learned this year is that I'd rather stand alone and be happy, then stand with someone and feel like I'm sacrificing who I am. I would rather stand alone and have people disagree with me than stand with someone else and feel like I'm compromising my integrity. I would rather make sure that on my birthday, I feel celebrated than sacrifice to make sure someone else is happy because it's my day. And that doesn't make you selfish because sacrifice does not mean love and sacrificing who you are. does not mean that you are worthy now of love or that you, that you are, what's the word that you are entitled to love. 
from another person. And that's what I thought. I always thought for years that if I sacrificed enough, if I was the nice girl, if I didn't speak up, I was entitled to someone else's love. And then when I didn't get it, I was heartbroken. I was like, what else can I do to get their love? And the thing is, is that it doesn't matter what they think of you. It matters what you think of you. And other people's love, you cannot control. Other people's admiration, you cannot control. Other people's criticisms and critiques and all that stuff, like you cannot control. But what you can control is what you do for yourself. And what you can control is your value system. And what you can control is staying in integrity with who you are because it's important to you. Those are all the things that you can control. And that's what's really fucking important. So... I want to leave you with that because I know the experience of like sacrificing things. And like, even though I wrote a book and all this stuff and like successful, like still to this day, people would be like, oh, I would have picked a different color for the cover. And it's like, okay, that's nice. But this is what I picked. Right. And people will feel entitled to give you their opinion. They will feel entitled to tell you what you should have done differently. And this is where I say, if you're going to write a book, do so in the way of standing strong in your artistic expression and your self-expression versus just doing it just because you think it's going to make a quick buck or doing it because you think it's going to um, like up your leads or whatever. Like do it because you really want to fucking do it because when it gets hard, what's going to pull you through the, to the other side is your passion and your vision. It's not going to be, oh, I thought this was going to be easy. Is going to be, I'm so excited to see this book on the shelf. And that's what I thought about every single time I wanted to quit is I cannot wait to see that book on that shelf. And to this day, every single time that I feel like quitting now or that I like forget my own success or forget my accomplishments, or I'm not proud of myself, or I feel like I haven't done enough. I look at that book. I open that book and I get real excited about what I shared with the world. And if no one reads it ever again, and if it's just a beautiful book that sits on a shelf, I'm really proud of it. And that's what matters. So I hope that that answered every question that you guys had. If it didn't, you're more than welcome to email me, danny at daniellejuso.com. Danielle has one L because my dad spelled it wrong on the birth certificate. And if you guys have any other questions, you can, we're more than welcome to submit them to that email. Okay. I love you guys so much. Kick ass, take names, change the world. You're fucking fabulous. Stop being so secretive about it. And you are so supported. If you end up writing a book and going with Calvin's company, amazing. Let me know so I can celebrate you. If you just decide you're going to write a book, tag me and let me know so I can celebrate you. And if you're not even going to write a book at all, tag me so you listen to this podcast so I can celebrate you. (laughs) Okay. I love you guys and I'll catch you next time. Hey friends, I hope you freaking loved that episode. And if you did, let me know what you loved about it by leaving me a review below or tagging me on all the social medias. It would mean the world to me. And as always, you're freaking fabulous. Stop being so secretive about it. I hope you hit that subscribe button and I hope we catch you next time.